Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Terrace Talk. Norwich City travel to the capital this midweek to face Brentford in the Championship. It's uh, probably a game that most fans are, are looking forward to. Two teams tipped for big things in the division this season. I'm delighted to be joined by Norwich City fan uh, Mike, part of the, the Norwich City Fan Social Club as well, and um, Besotted um, Bees Besotted Podcast, um, Billy as well, Brentford fan. Um, Mike, let's bring you in first. Um, before we sort of get into to previewing the game, I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the event that, that you guys at the, the Social Club have, have got coming up with, with Tim Crawl and, and Kieran Dow. Um, talk to us a, li- a little bit about that and also the challenges you've had during this period. Yeah, yeah I'm happy to, Connor. Yes, so this is on Thursday night. It's uh, done in cooperation with the club. And uh, what we've asked people to do is to book online via our website and Twitter and Facebook and so on. And the idea is that uh, Tim and Kieran will be interviewed by Rob Butler, who we all know and love. And, um, and then there'll be opportunity for questions afterwards. It's going to be different, Connor and Billy, because normally we'd be at Carrow Road for this event. However, uh, the club have organised it online so people can access it and, um, and see what Tim and Kieran have to say. It's been incredible challenges because we are a social club. Um, you know, the clue is in the title and we'd love to get people together. Obviously, we haven't been able to do so uh, for the for well-documented reasons. So we've done loads and loads of things online. We've done quizzes, we've done auctions, we've done treasure hunts. We've had people sending in their pic, uh, pet pictures of wearing Norwich scarves and God knows what else. The list goes on. So we have tried to keep it going. But yes, incredibly challenging. And so what we want people to do is to book online. It's £5 per household. So as many in your house can watch this on, on Thursday night. Um, and um, it's £5, as I say, for the household. Not £5 per person, it's £5 per household. So for that, you get to see Tim, you get to see Kieran, you get a raffle ticket as well. And we really do want as many people to support this as possible because um, a lot of work's gone into it. But it's an opportunity to, to see Tim and Kieran the questions we'll ask Tim, I mean, are endless, aren't they? And Kieran as well, new player to a new club. And um, we want to see as many people as possible, albeit not in the flesh, unfortunately, but certainly online. Absolutely. And, and, and you guys, I, I know firsthand the, the great work that you guys do. Talk to us a little bit about the, the CSF as well, because obviously charities are, are going through difficult times at the moment as well. Yeah, this is the... Yeah, this is the Community Sports Foundation. That's our charity, and we raise money for them every year through all our events. Uh, and it's through the good people of Norwich who, who support us that actually do pay all the money in. And over the years, we, we've put thousands of pounds into supporting them. They do incredible work, Connor and Billy, incredible. They support the community. They have a wonderful facility at The Nest. Um, <laughs> excuse me. And they support disabled children. They support adults. They are an amazing charity and we are so happy to support them and we will continue to do so. So last year we raised around £8,000 for them and we do that on an annual basis and we have done since 2015. And it's a great partnership that we have with them. Uh, We have our meetings there now and um, uh, Emma Fletcher is a great uh, fan of ours and supports us and we, we are delighted to be connected with them because they are wonderful. Absolutely, and it's a it's a worthy charity as well, and and another brilliant example of how football can bring people together and and, and unite in, in good causes. Um, Billy, let's let's bring you in to to talk about Brentford then, as as we start to look ahead of this game. What's your start of the season been like? Because it seems like Norwich, perhaps the majority of your your pre season and an early part of the season, has probably been dominated by by transfer speculation. 
Sort of, I say sort of. I mean, I say the majority of our preseason was actually taken up playing the playoffs because <laughs> we started a lot. Late, we finished a lot later than everybody else. So while everyone was at their feet up on the beach, we were still grinding away trying to get ourselves to that the dreaded Premier League as it goes, and it didn't quite work out too well for us. So uh, in the end, we had a few weeks break. Sounds like a few feels like a few minutes break, and then we ended up sort of starting to play again. Now the thing about um, our um, well, I lost to Fulham, and that's very hard to say as a Brentford fan as well. It's like you guys losing to Ipswich. It's like, ugh. but it's one of those things that happen. We have, um, we've taken it, we're moved on. But the, the, the probably the slightly more gutting thing about it was that we knew that if we didn't go up, Ollie Watkins was going to leave. Great player, great ambassador for the club, lovely bloke, great goal scorer. And we had to sell him. Okay, we got a lot of money for him, you know, 30, 33 million pounds, which is a lot of money for a championship player to move. And uh, we can do, you know, we're very good at making good of the money that comes in. But it's not that. It's the fact that you've got a player who, you know, to be quite honest with you, you wanted to be with you for a few more years and he moved on. So obviously that was going to be a big thing for us and we had to replace him. And also um, Saeed Ben Rama, which again, his name's gone around. A very, very good player, very classy player, one of the best players, you know, who's pulled on a Brentford shirt. Um, he's one of those players where, you know, you make lots of means of the things that he does, you know, the double nutmegs and then the, the flip over the top and then scoring in the top corner, those kind of things that he does, you know, which is really good. And I'm, I'm not knocking it, but, you know, there were other sides to side Ben Rama's game that maybe people who didn't watch Brentford in a week in and week out didn't see. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but he still had a bit of development. So we will miss him really badly, but we're looking to replace him. So, yes, there was a lot of transfer talk around those players, but we got Ivan Tony who's coming from Peterborough, who is looking to be a really classy sort of just proper striker. You know, like when you've got a striker, you know, you, you, you've you had them back in the days where you've had a striker where you come in and he goes, he really knows what the net is. The last few games, Ivan Tony has shown that why we have put the faith in, we've been trying to get him for the last 18 months. He's a great striker. I and mean, we've brought in a few other players as well, which I'll probably talk about in a little bit. Yeah, Brentford are known for that. They're smart recruitment, aren't they? Has, has there been, I mean, you referenced the, the playoff final defeat and I don't want to keep bringing it up because I don't want to open those those wounds for you again. But has there been a, a little bit of a, a hangover from that? Has there been a little bit of an adaptation period? I mean, you, you described Watkins and Ben Rama going. That's a, a big chunk of, if not the goals, then, then certainly the, the creativity in that Brentford side. Yeah, it is. But I'll be honest with you. I mean, when we when we were in the league together before, you know, we came up from the the we came up from the um, the Division One to the Championship, and you know, I'm not being funny. I'm a Brentford fan. We're all Brentford fans. Basically, for the whole of my life, we have been in the third tier, pretty much, or the fourth tier. We don't. We're not. We're never as high as this, you know. So all of a sudden, it's like bang, we've moved into the Championship. So. As soon as you get to the championship, people get interested in your players. Now, Brentford, again, we're not a big team. We know that. We're a small team. We haven't got a massive, you know, £10 million a year turnover. That's what it is. We make our money on, you know, buying rough diamonds and selling for a high price. So when we've moved up and people thought, hmm, that Brentford team looks quite good, all of a sudden, you know, the players that we that, that we we bought that season, people looked at them. Then we got to the playoffs that season as well. And um, we got to the playoffs semi-final in our very first season in the championship. You know, did really well. Okay, we didn't get again failed at the final hurdle. Immediately, people came in for the Andre Grays and players like that. As Brentford fans, we were like, "Oh no, this is terrible! What are you doing?" Because you just get really, really, really kind of frustrated because we'd never had that before. All of a sudden, everyone wanted our players. So the first year, we were getting angry. I think there's a lot of anger in the Brentford fans of our players being taken. But the recruitment team said, "Don't worry about it. We'll take the money and we'll get better." 
And you sort of think, yeah, 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 right. And then all of a sudden, they got another player. They got Scott Hogan. Then he scored 14 goals in 20 games or something like that. And then we sold him. And again, everyone was, oh, no. And that just keeps on happening and happening. Eventually, it's kind of got to the stage where they sold Neil Malpay. Ollie Watkins comes in. We sold him, you know. It's just we're now used to it. So when we sell the players and the recruitment team says, don't worry, we've got it in hand. We've got the money. We'll buy the players. Six years down the line, the Brentford fan base is just like, okay, we we, we don't love it because, of course, you want to keep your players, but we're a little bit more relaxed about it. And they've said to us, trust me, Ivan Tony, he's a brilliant player. He's going to do the business. You know, Godosh, who he just bought in from, from well, he's, he's a Swedish-Iranian striker. They said, let's give him a time, but he's going to be a great player for us. You know, um, Jensen, who we bought, bought last year, he's going to develop into the game. You know, all these players, you know, that, that, that we've got, we're starting to really trust them. So, Listen, we didn't want any of those players to leave, but I feel a little bit more confident that we'll do all right, even though, to be fair, we've had our usual Brentford slow starts to the season. That's 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 really interesting, um, Mike, what, what Billy has said there. It, it sounds a, a lot like perhaps what Norwich try and do now in terms of nurturing young talent or, or talent and then trying to sell them on for a price. And then it's the task of replacing them again. We've seen it a little bit this summer. Um it, there does seem to be, maybe not as Billy's outlined in terms of history of the club, but certainly at present, there seems to be a lot of similarities between the two clubs. Definitely. I, I think the managers are very similar, or the coaches are very similar as well. They have a similar philosophy to how, how the game should be played. Um, but I think Connor as well, and Billy, that it's quite interesting who didn't go in the in the transfer window, as far as we're concerned. I... I made a prediction. I thought all five of our crown jewels were going to go. Um, and the fact that Aaron's and Cantwell and, and Emmy are still here, I think it's, it's like three new signings for me. Um, but yeah, you, you do get into that cycle. Um, we've had it with Madison, haven't we? Um, obviously with Jamal Lewis and uh, and Ben going to, to Everton. Um, it's the way of the world, isn't it? If you're not in the Premier League, I mean, I'm afraid that's what ha- happens. Um, but the academy system and the... the uh, I'm full of admiration, Billy, for Brentford because the the, the rough diamonds that you produce uh, are extraordinary. You must have one hell of a coaching system or a scouting system, should I say. And I think Norwich are following that suit, to be honest. Um, uh, yeah, there is a lot of similarity between the two clubs in, in many, many ways. Mm, it's, it's certainly going to be interesting to see how it sort of goes on, on Tuesday with two, get, um, two sides who maybe want to play in, in the same way. We'll come on to that a bit later. Um, Mike, I know that you're involved in, in education, so of course I have to ask the question. If you were to, to grade Norwich City start to life back in the Championship, where would you, where would you place it? <laughs> oh, wow. Um, um, on a scale of A to E, um, using my teacher's hat, um, I would say it's about a C plus at the moment, um, probably maybe a B minus because the results, yeah, are, are improving, uh, but we need a performance as well. So right in the middle, which is terrible for me sitting on the fence, but I would say C plus B minus. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you don't get splinters from sitting on the, on the fence, Mike, that's for sure. Uh, let's, let's bring Billy in. Billy, talk to us a little bit about Brentford's starts this season. It's been kind of similar to Norwich's, I guess, a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, three wins, one draw, two defeats. Where Brentford, I mean, you said it's been a fairly slow start. Does it feel like there's perhaps more to come from this side? Yeah, I mean, again, if you know Brentford, I mean, it's really funny because we've become sort of like the, the, the statisticians and the pundits sort of darlings recently, which is really weird for Brentford because we were like the, always like the outsider. We were like the tin pot team that no one liked. But also because of the style of football that we play and the fact that we keep on buying these players that no one's ever heard of, then they become really good. All of a sudden, they all start to love us, like, you know, which is good but also it's quite bad because all of a sudden it's like we're not 
below the radar anymore. Like, you know, we like to remain below the radar. So all of a sudden, the last couple of seasons, people are actually starting to, to tip us for promotion and stuff, which never used to happen. Now, you know, so we, we, we started to get a little bit worried because all of a sudden you've got a sort of kind of sort of a you've got the bar's been raised and you've got to actually perform uh to what people's expectations are so what's happened is that the last cup last season people tripped us said we think Brentford are gonna, gonna be right in there this season again I think we were favorites for promotion which is really worrying and then when we have the start that we have everyone goes oh Brentford oh they're always that team aren't they are you always put your money on them and they never quite deliver what they went to the thing you have to know about Brentford is our season doesn't start to the transfer windows over and the reason why is that because everyone's always snapping at the heels of our players around about that time. So we can never settle. And as we say, we've always got sort of one or two really decent players that somebody will want. And last season, we managed to keep hold of Ollie Watkins and Ben Rama for a, an extra season than I ever thought they would do. Because I think Brentford, well, I think I know Brentford turned around to them and said, look, we're going to go for this this season. We want you to be part of it. Come on, let's go with this together. So they decided to stay for one extra season, which meant that we kind of went into the window. We tried to buy some players at the end. We tried to buy an extra striker. In fact, we tried to buy Godosh, we bought now. That went a bit horribly wrong for reasons which I won't go into now. Um, his previous management team were a little bit... Mm, now, question marks on that one. Um, so that didn't quite happen. That fell down literally in the last minute. And also we tried to apply um, Taylor, Niall Taylor from uh, from Charlton at the very, very last minute as well. We put in a few bids for that. I think we went into about four mil. Yeah, we, um, Charlton turned it down, which was quite strange, seeing as he had a one year left on his contract. And I don't think we wanted to go any higher than that. So that didn't come in. So we actually finished that window with no players or no striker that come in. And that's why Ollie Watkins flipped from being a winger to a striker. So that kind of upset us for a few months. And we were actually 18th place after 12 games, 11 or 12 games, I think it was, with like 10 points or 11 points. We just started really slowly. But after that, we just went bang, we kicked off. This season is again... We've started slowly, uh, probably not as slowly as last season. And again, a lot of it is down to the fact that you bring these new players in. They've got to learn the patterns of play, how Brentford play, how it all fits in. They need to get used to the, I mean, like people like Ivan Tony got used to the championship. First couple of games, he missed a couple of proper open goals. They were like, you know, they were just, I mean, I could have scored them myself and I've got two left feet, you know. So, um, and everyone was like going, oh, God, you know, it's just right. But the, the, the coaching staff, don't worry about him. He's a great player. At least he got the opportunity. Eventually, you know, a few games later, he scored a brace in three three games in a row and another goal. So he's up there, I think, top scorer in the league, I think he is, or in and around there. So we have to give these players a little bit of time just to grow into into the into into the Brentford team. So as fans, we started to know that. As fans, again, it's a little bit frustrating. So, you know, you know, we played Preston North End and we were 2-0 up at half time, and I have got no idea what they were drinking in, in, in the dressing rooms at halftime. But when they came out and they must have been drunk on something because how they let in four goals in that second half, honestly, every Brentford fan is still confused about that one. Again, Stoke City again. We, you know, we, we win another couple of games and we go to Stoke City and then we're 3-0 down at halftime again. Our formation was literally, it was all over the place. We, yeah, to be fair, Thomas Frank, you made a mistake. He made a mistake with the formation. He was worried Pontus Yankers was out. He tried to flip it around, went three at the back, stroke five at the back, you know, with wing backs all over the place. And it just wasn't working. Three nil down. Then they flipped it up and then we came back to three, two. So I think with this Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, trying to rotate players and all this kind of stuff, you're going to get some funky business going on in this league. So yes, we've started slowly, but um, but we'll be we'll be all right. We'll we'll stay in the lane, I think, and uh, we'll see how it goes. 
as we come into the new year. Yeah, I think there's there's certainly a bet to be had that there's going to be a championship game that ends up as five five or six six or something crazy like that, isn't there? Is is the positive from from that game on Saturday against Stoke? You reference it there, probably that okay, you you got beat and and you said there the mistakes that were made in the first half, but the second half performance and and how you did come back into the game to a point where maybe you you should have nicked a point at the end. We should have nicked a point. Yeah, we, sorry, we could have nicked a point, I think, is more to the point. as that The fact is that if you score two goals, you know, and you're in a bit of a momentum, maybe if you had an extra five or ten minutes because you've got that momentum going, you might have scored another goal. But to be fair, we, we fluffed it so badly in the first half. I don't think any Brentford fan is going, actually, we, we should have got a point out of that game because we were so all over the place in the first half. It was just, again, it's one of those ones which you have to strike off. The one thing that was interesting from a Brentford fan's point of view is... Uh, we have, we've got a player, we've got a striker called Marcus Force who came out of our B team. B team is the is the is the is the setup that we that we made after closing down our academy because all these the big wigs, all the Man Uniteds and the Man Cities kept on nicking all our decent players from our academy whenever they kind of got to the age of actually kind of moving into signing professional contracts. And we just thought, well, what's the point of this? So we shut down our academy, started this B team, which meant that, you know, everyone had to sign a professional contract from 17 years old. We plucked players from all over Europe, all over the UK, from academies who were just basically discarded players or just players that just people didn't want from there. And we just developed them up. And and it's, it's worked really well for us. We've had a number of players who've made first team debuts and done very well, including Chris Meppham who obviously we sold, he sold him for 15, 15 million to Bournemouth after playing about 30 games in our first team coming out of our B team. So it works very well for us. Now, um, Marcus Force is a player who is really highly rated coming out of our B team. Um, a couple of seasons ago, they stepped him up, got this pathway to the first team, went into the first team, played a few games, didn't get too much game action because Ollie Watkins was there, Ben Rama was there. They felt it's probably better if we loaned him out. Loaned him out to AFC Wimbledon, scored a hatful of goals, scored, I don't know, nine or 10 goals in like, 13 or 14 games, did really well, injured himself, out for the whole of the rest of the season. So now he's come back in, he's just come back in off injury, but of course, Ivan Tony is there, who's like the main man. So forces off the bench. So we're thinking forces off the bench, you know, is he, is he or isn't he? Is he? But all of a sudden, what's happened is that he keeps on getting these opportunities to come off the bench, play either playing against West Brom in the, in the cup, playing against Southampton in the cup, and he keeps scoring. He's brilliant. Every time he touches the ball, he scores. So we've got this great opportunity of this kid who comes off the bench, but he's probably the best finisher in the whole club. Or whether or not he'll play by himself or play with Tony. I mean, I don't know. But these are the kind of things that we're starting to discover. And we would have known this last season. So like I said to you, it takes us maybe six, nine, 12, 15 games to try and get to know what Brentford of this season is going to be like. Mm, that's 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 really interesting. I think about um, Norwich's start, which which Mike also hasn't hasn't necessarily been the best, but it's been considerably better than the one they made two years ago when when they won the title. Um, that that Wiccan game. I mean, we we're talking about it a bit off camera. It was probably another case of result, but not necessarily performance for Norwich because for an hour of that game, they were probably second best. It's fair to say against Wiccan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the, the the first ten minutes we were brilliant. We blew them away, um, and then a big mistake at the back from three players, three very experienced players, Gibson, Cruel, and uh, and Hanley. And then you could see the confidence draining Connor and Billy, which is is so disappointing. Um, but the real plus is they they kept in the game. They came on stronger in the second half and towards the end. I think we're tired to be honest because we had so much possession. Um, and then we got the result through. Uh, it's interesting what Billy said about uh, his lad coming off the bench because we've got one, haven't we? Um, uh, Mario Vrantic, who's rescued us in the last two games. 
And there's a massive debate here, isn't there, about whether uh, he should start or whether he should come off the bench like uh, like uh, the Brentford lad. Um, I, I don't know, is my only answer to you. Uh, a week ago, I said he had to be in the team. Um, and then he comes on and does that wonderful free kick. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one for Daniel Farker, I have to say, because we've seen him in the past start and he hasn't been as effective. But when the game's open, like it was in the second half against Wickham, he's fantastic because he's got vision, he looks forward and he tries to unlock defences. So, uh, but yeah, the, the performance was not was not very good, but the result was, was excellent in the end. So uh, we got there. We got there. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one with Rancic, isn't it? Because... I think Daniel Farker's argument is he probably doesn't have the physicality or necessarily the mobility yeah. to start from the off, where Norwich probably do need to be a bit more competitive in games. But as he's shown in, in the last two games, he clearly has the quality in individual moments when maybe defences are tiring to unlock teams. So yeah. do you gamble and try and play him from the off yeah. and then lose that from the bench? Or do you continue with the, yeah. with the way things are going? It's it's an incredibly yeah. difficult one, but I guess a nice headache to have considering... Yeah, well, that's why Daniel well gets well paid the big bucks, isn't it? He makes no decision. So, um, but yeah, um, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I, I like Mario. I, I always have done, as, as you well know, Connor. Uh, I think he's got amazing quality and um, and I think the opposition will think we are uh, easy to play against when he's not playing, to be honest, because he has got that ability to unlock defences, do something different. Um one thing that really did please me, Connor, on, on Saturday was, was Emmy Buendia because he had a, a really tough first half, didn't he? Uh, Wickham got into him. He was getting frustrated. And things weren't working for him, although he set up the goal for Pookie. But the second half, he didn't hide, did he? He, he got the game by the scruff of the neck and he, and he drove us forward. And I was really pleased with him second half. Um, and I think he showed a lot. Really encouraging. Mm, we, we've spoken about performances there. How decisive a week is this with, with Brentford and Bristol City coming up? And of course, we'll preview the Bristol City one um, later yeah. in, in the week with a Bristol City fan and, and another yeah. Norwich fan. But in terms of this block of two games, it feels quite pivotal because they say it's around 10 games, isn't it? Where you, where you yeah. sort of see the table beginning to take a little bit of shape. That's right. These are two teams who harbour genuine ambitions of, of top six finishes. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I, I think we, we will know by, uh, by Saturday afternoon where we're going to be this season I think uh, because Brentford uh, uh, Billy I tipped Brentford to go up I'm one of those who tipped Brentford to go up um, and um, sorry <laughs> and, and, and Bristol City again you know it's always a tough game against them um, I, I'm quite confident though I have to say um, because I'm hoping that these nine points that we've got this week will we'll give him the confidence and the belief to to take on what is tougher opposition, without a doubt. Uh, we won't have 78 possession against these lads, without a doubt. But, um, yeah, it, 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 it'll be interesting to see where we are Saturday afternoon, without a doubt. Mm, Billy, how, how are you feeling ahead of this one? Because it's a game against a, another team, and you say many people have tipped Brentford, many people have also tipped Norwich to um, to be up there sort of competing for promotion in, in the Championship this season. How will Brentford view this game? How big of a game is it for, for your guys' season? At an early stage, it's really difficult to tell, I guess. Listen, they're all big games, but the thing is, I mean, I don't know if the players are like me. I'm, I'm all over the place. I mean, I'm... I'm... I'm confused. I open my eyes and there's another football match. It's like literally you, you sleep, <laughs> you eat, you drink football. And it's just so much. They must walk on that pitch thinking, who are we playing today? Oh, it's Norwich. Oh, okay, all right. You know, <laughs> literally. So I'm going to be honest with you. I have got no idea. Right? I've got no idea about this game, what it's going to be like, how it's going to be, because 
all this, what's gone on so far with us, we win one minute and then we let in four goals the next minute. Then we got five at the back the next minute. Then we got two up for literally, I've got no idea. And in a way, it's a little bit frustrating, but in a way, it's quite nice because the fact is that you've got little, so little time for preparation. You literally just wake up, you go to sleep for a couple of days and you wake up again and you just walk into another game with no preparation. And then something happens and you either win or lose or draw. So, this sounds really bad because it sounds like I'm copping out of actually giving you an answer. What is interesting uh, listening to, to to Mike talk about, you know, um, how Norwich are going to do over the season. I mean, as Brentford fans, you know, if people may or may not know about how we find our players, but, you know, uh, our owner actually basically he owns this massive stats company and that's how he made his money. He made his money basically in, 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 in the sports betting world and in stats. He's very, very, very clever for a person. He, he's got a, a, an office full of PhD people who basically they just crunch stats the whole time. And then he's incorporated that into the football club. And as, as a result of that, what they do is that they utilize the research to find players from all over the world, all over Europe who are undervalued players and we bring them in and that's how we get them for the 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 the, the relatively cheap amounts of money because they see things in these players that other people don't do from all the stats that they do and they bring them in and okay they're not they're not the finished quality uh, the finished um, article at all when they come but they believe if they bring them into our coaching team within a year or two they can actually get them up to speed so that's you know kind of you know how it works for us and that's how we've like i said to you, you've got your neil malpays and your ollie Watkinses and your yotters and your you know all the players that we bought in recently one of the players that we bought in recently um it's a guy called norgard who luckily for norwich he's not going to be playing he's a he's a brilliant defensive central defensive midfielder and he you know he just kind of just runs the game for us and unfortunately he got injured a few weeks ago and he's going to be out for quite a few weeks so we're having to sort of dibble around trying to work around how we're going to work with Norgard but again he was found straight out of the stat system he, he played in Denmark went over to Fiorentina Fiorentina didn't know how to play him didn't know how to use him so he basically sort of sat on their bench I think for a year or two and then we brought him over knowing what he was all about and we brought him in he's a he's a brilliant player but the reason why I say that is that also, as Brentford fans, uh, I mean, I, I, I um, co, co run Besotted, which is a, a blog and a podcast. And we've got a podcast on Pride of West. London. So check that out. And we do a weekly podcast. Uh, we do about three a week, actually, um, podcasts. And uh, we've got a little uh, section on it called Spreadsheet Winker. And I noticed I say Winker. Um, so because it's a PG. <laughs> Um, it was a name that was given to us, obviously not Winker, but the other version by um, by the by the Nottingham Forest fans, because uh, all our fans kept on quoting stats to them when we were playing them. Because according to the stock stats table, we were you know first or second in the table, and Nottingham Forest were about 14th or 16th in the stats table, but really they were about fourth. And we were just saying, well, you know, in the stats table, we but Brentford fans were saying, oh, if you fall into the stats table, it means that you're going to eventually fall away. At some time at the end of the season, so the Nottingham Forest fans were absolutely—they were really unhappy with the Bees fans. So they called us stats <laughs> spreadsheet winkers, as it was like you know. So, uh, so Nottingham Forest did fall away in the end, which means that you know you've got to argue who was right, who was wrong. But that's not the point. But anyway, we've created a little section within our podcast called the Spreadsheet Winker. We've actually got this statistician that comes on every week and gives the stats from the previous game, which is quite good. And he talks about XG and everything like that. So we're quite versed up in all the sort of stats ideas, we throw it into the pot. Listen, if you don't like it, it doesn't really matter. But for me, if it's there, use it. And it kind of informs your opinion a little bit. Now, interestingly, in the stats world, the four teams who are top in their world, forget the league position, are Watford, Bournemouth, Norwich and Brentford. Then after that, there's actually quite a big gap 
for the fifth place team, which I think is Swansea, and then I can't even remember which is sixth. It might be I don't know if it's Bristol City, but it's, so, and, and, and their league table doesn't reflect the actual league table um, because at the end of the day, that their whole argument is that sometimes there could be luck that's involved. There are certain teams that go out there play football, they might get one shot and score one goal. Reading is a prime example of a team like that. At the moment, they're saying that Reading. Listen, this is no disrespect to Reading. I've got really, really good Reading friends, Tyler's end and all that lot. They're wicked cool and they must be enjoying themselves now. Their manager's doing a great job. He's tying them up at the back, but they're literally getting one shot and scoring the goal with that one shot, which is fine. Now, if they can continue to do that all season, good luck to them, you know what I'm saying? But And they've got great strikers, so we'll see how that goes. But according to the stats people, they, they think over time it will even itself out. So that's kind of where it is at. So you guys, as you were saying there, with Norwich kind of being in for the runnings, that's kind of where it's looking in the in the mathematical world as well. But as we know, football isn't played in the mathematical world. It's played on the pitch. And you've got to score the goals and you've got to get the points. And if you don't do that, you're going to end up like what we did, losing in the playoff final yet again for the ninth time in a row. <laughs> well, well let's, let's hope we're talking in May and it's, it's Norwich and Brentford automatically promoted and then we don't have to worry about the palaver of, of the playoffs. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask you a slightly different question now in, in terms of maybe how to beat Brentford. So if, if you were... Uh, Daniel Farker this weekend and or uh, this this Tuesday night, and, and you're setting up a Norwich team to go to to Brentford to try and get a result. What areas would you look to exploit and, and maybe try and capitalise on? Well, if you wanted to beat us, um, I mean, the thing that I would say is that if you wanted to beat us, put all your players on the pitch. Then when the referee blows the whistle, let them all just fall on the floor and let um, Ivan Tony just run all the way through them <laughs> and kick a goal at the empty goal. That is the way to beat us, honestly. Uh, but no, <laughs> being serious. No, I was being serious. Um, how's the way to beat Brentford? Oh God, you know this is a this is a difficult one because we, I've got I've got no idea who they're going to play on Saturday. Um, we're fast. We the thing is that we're quite similar as we play. You know we like to play football, so it's kind of like you know who's going to be out passing each other. Uh, are we going to be both out passing each other? Who's going to be more incisive? We flip our game up a little bit now. Where. We have a tendency that we actually can go long as well now. We like to go long, whereas beforehand we'd be pass, pass, pass. So I quite like the fact that we can actually change up our game. I don't know. I mean, the fact is that, you know, it just depends on where our defence is at. We had the second tightest defence in the league last season. And that includes the fact that we've obviously brought in Pontus Janssen last season to tighten things up. We were the tightest defence in the league. Then he went injured for three months and... In that three months that he got injured, we slipped back to the sort of second tightest defence behind Leeds United. But then we ended up second tightest uh, defence on Leeds United. So we're very good when we've got our regular back four in. Um, and also we're very good on the attack with our wing backs and stuff like that. So I'm not answering your question as such. I suppose what I'm trying to say to you is that, you know, you've got to get at our defence and maybe with Norgard not in the side as well, whether or not who's standing in for him. We've got a new guy, guy called Yenelt, who's only played his, played his day. He made his first team debut, uh, league debut the other day as well. So, you know, it was he, he's, he's OK, but he hasn't played very many games, so we don't know too much about him. So, th listen, you, you're just going to have to go and do your thing. And if you do your thing and, and you unlock us, then that's just the way it goes. But oh, there's, there's no... There's no set way at the moment now because it's just this season's just too this lockdown thing is just too mad for me. You can see my eyes are just going, look, you know, <laughs> the reality. It's just like I don't even know what world I'm in at the moment. <laughs> you, you, you and me both, mate. Don't worry, um, Mike. Billy touched upon something there, which is which is quite pertinent that that Brentford now have the ability to go long. I'd probably use the word variation, which is something that I think Norwich have sort of found with Jordan Hugill. I mean, others as well in, in terms yeah. of perhaps more conventional 
wingers. It, it feels like now if, if they do face a team who probably are going to attack them a bit more in Brentford, then they have the options to maybe set up to be a bit more counter-attacking. No, I agree. And, um, you know, Hugo didn't have his best game on, on Saturday, uh, Connery. I think he'll be the first to admit that. But he, he is a good option for us. Um, Billy Hugel is the guy we got from West Ham. And um, he's... Um, I know him well. He's a big lad. He's, he's a big... Yeah, I know him when he was at P&E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so, yeah, he's, he's another... And, and Pook has been playing more as a number 10. So I think that's worked pretty well. Um, but, yeah... I, one of the criticisms we've always had of Daniel is that he's never, ever changed the side into the way it approaches and, and, and the game. And now now he's doing that. And I think it, I think we'll be better for it. You know, I'm not saying we're going to play along all the time. But I think tomorrow is going to be um, about which defence can, can dominate, to be honest. Because, you know, Billy, as well as I do, that we, we can be vulnerable at the back. And, and Tony's a good lad. I remember seeing him at Peterborough and Scunny before that, when he was on loan. Um, so, if we can keep him quiet, then I think we've got a great chance. So... I think which side which size defence concentrates the better will win the game, in my view. Because I don't know about your defence, but it sounds similar to ours that they just switch off at times. And um, you know that that'll be the key to the game tomorrow, I think. There's, there's there's an interesting statistic for Norwich which is kind of going under the radar a little bit, which is obviously played seven games, conceded six, which is which is quite rare for Norwich because they usually I mean, okay, they've only scored eight, but um to, to average sort of less than one goal the game is pretty you're going compared to where they were say last season for example yeah that's true but if you if you uh, uh, that's great but if you look at the, the goals we do concede I can't think of a goal which the opposition has outworked us basically and, and you, you put your hands up and say well, that was a cracking goal that, that, that's what I'm trying to say Connor is that you know we've got to concentrate all the time particularly against these lads otherwise they'll, they'll, they'll get two or three and that, that's the point I'm making that we do have a tendency to still to switch off don't we and um, and that, that's what worries me a little bit but yeah the stats are good one compared to last yeah. year certainly yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, it's a fair point I mean you, you look at you look at Rotherham the, well the last two goals Norwich you can see this actually against Rotherham and Wickham two sort of self-inflicted errors really yeah, exactly. well that's the point I'm making yeah um, Mike, let's let's come to you first, and let's let's round off by getting your sort of view on how you think the game's going to go, and of course that dreaded score prediction that um, Norwich fans oh, right. been quite negative right. on here this season, actually. No, no, no. Well, okay. I'm well, I'm not how you go. Uh, first of all, I'm looking forward to the game because I'm not trying to patronise Billy, but I, I, I do like Brentford as a club. I, I have a lot of admiration for them. The way they set up, as I've said to you before on this on this podcast, uh, I, I think it'd be a, a tremendous game. I think it'd be the best game of the season so far uh, for, for 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 us, definitely. Uh, and I'm going for a two-one to Norwich. Good. I think that's probably the most optimistic prediction we've had from a Norwich fan, Mike, this season. So I'm pleased <laughs> with that. We've had a lot of draws, um, a lot of people sitting on the fence. Yep. So good that you've two you've one put to Norwich. Yeah. Um, really, let's let's come to you. How, how do you see this game going from a Brentford perspective? And are you confident you guys can get a result against Norwich? Okay, well, there's actually a bit of a witness. Just, just remember this. Actually, there's a little, really strange link between Norwich and Brentford and Norwich players and myself that I just remembered. About four years ago, it must have been. Now, it must have been four years ago. I took my son over in half term. In fact, this very same weekend, it was exactly same weekend. I flew over to Denmark to just take it as you do with my son. I know this is like really weird. People think, where's he going here? Flew over to Denmark with my son just to just go and hang out for a week. He was like, uh, he was young at the time, sort of 12, 12, 11 or 12 at the time. We just go cycling around Copenhagen and just do bits and pieces. And um, 
And I managed to, to, to also, because the Brentford owner, uh, Matthew Benham, also owns a Danish club called FC Michelin. Uh, as you know, they played Man United in the Champions League. You know, they've played, you know, they played, you know, they played quite a few clubs. When he bought them, they were pretty much bankrupt. And then within a couple of years, he got them to Champions League, won the league. They've won three times, I think, in Denmark now, doing really well. Anyway, they were playing Bronby in Copenhagen when I went there. So all of a sudden I sort of rang up and I said, look, could you sort us up tickets? So they said, yeah. So anyway, the Michelin people sorted us out tickets. I've turned up. They give my son a scarf, a half and half scarf, which is oh, it's really bad, but he's only young, so it's okay. So Michelin, Brentford, half and half scarf. And I sat down, I watched a game with them, cheering, absolutely freezing cold it was. Anyway, I've gone away, come back. I've got the little pro. I pulled up the program the other day and I looked at it. And when I looked at the program, I saw, who do you think their striker was? Who do you think their striker was? Pookie. 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 Yeah. Pookie. Yeah. Pookie, was, Pookie was their striker. I was like, cool, blimey. <laughs> who do you think who do you think Bromby's manager was? Thomas Frank, I'm guessing. Yeah. Thomas Frank it was as well. Yeah. I had no yeah. idea about Pookie and Thomas Frank. And there's me as a Brentford fan with the Michelin fans going there as well. And Thomas <laughs> Frank's team Thomas Frank's team won. I know they scored two goals. I don't know if it's 2-0 or 2-1. So I'm going to have to go with 2-1 to the Thomas Frank team, even though he had Pookie in the side. That's my sort of kind of really <laughs> weird little, uh, little, little mix-up mix-up. <laughs> You've, you've pulled that round really well. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Billy. Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining me. It's been an absolute Thanks pleasure to, to chat to you. Fingers crossed that, Mike, you're right. And this is one of the uh, one of the yeah. best games of the Championship this yeah, season. Sure it certainly is. has um, all the potential to be. Pinkin.com no, is the place to go for all your latest news and views. Yeah. Of course, check these guys yeah. out as well. We'll put links down below to the uh, Norwich City Fan Social Club event. And also, yeah, to if you would, Tom, can I be great? It's the 29th, well. don't forget. It's Thursday night. You can book before then. Okay. There you go. Last last reminder from Mike. Last Thank you very much. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers Billy. For another good, positive Norwich City display, and we'll see you soon. Yeah.